Welcome to the Third Culture Podcast, where we like to talk about diversity, inclusion, equity, and culture. In this podcast, we focus on real-life personal and organizational challenges, big and small, with lots of love and plenty of humor. All of this in the hope of enlightening and educating so that we can all live in a better, kinder, and more understanding society. Join me, your host, Emily, as I take you through my own journey of learning and discovery, and as I interview people from all walks of life and backgrounds who perhaps haven't had as much of a voice as they deserve. We believe that most issues don't have a binary answer, so although we're not perfect, we try to avoid sensationalist language. We're here to talk about the grey and the pink, and not just the black and white. This is The Third Culture Way, and this is The Third Culture Podcast. Welcome to episode nine of season two. My name is Emily Foster from The Third Culture and I use the pronouns she, her. It has been a really good year for The Third Culture and although we've been a little low on the podcast episodes, we've been high in doing the work of creating more equitable solutions for organizations. And I'm really looking forward to sharing with you what we, bring, what we will bring you in 2024 very, very soon. From a podcast perspective, though, there may be some changes to the topics we'll be focusing on, and I'm really excited about those changes, um, but hopefully we'll announce them before the end of this year. But for today, I'd like to welcome a special guest that we have. She's a very old friend of mine, Joyette Hopson, and we are recording from a beautiful spot in the sunny Philippines. I appreciate just how lucky I am to be here at the moment on a mostly holiday trip back to my other homeland and the place that I was born. You may hear the sound of whistling trees, crickets, maybe not yet because it's still daylight, birds and geckos in the background as we are deep in the Filipino province. Welcome, Joyette. Hi, um, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. So, Joyette, the reason why I wanted to interview you is because, um, you know, you've been quite an inspiration to me. And we met in early adulthood, um, but we've done a lot of growing up since then. It's been... <laughs> nearly 20 years, I think. Um, and there are so many ways I could describe you. Um, and for the benefit of our listeners, uh, the, here are some words. Uh, elite athlete, uh, predominantly in triathlons, but also other things. An entrepreneur, a businesswoman, a dancer, a coach, a bar instructor, a dog lover, and just all in all, for me, a great friend. Um, Joyette was more recently in her career the first Filipina to finish the Arctic Marathon. And hopefully we'll hear a little bit more about that later. Um, and there's a lot I'd like to ask you, which I never really asked you, actually. Um, so here's a chance on the podcast to do so um, about the challenges that you faced and how you've overcome them. So let's begin. Um, firstly, I've obviously described you from my perspective. How would you describe yourself? Um, pretty much would the words you used also to describe me and maybe to add 
I'm a tiny person. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's give, let's give let's um, give the listeners an idea of how tiny you are. No numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Sub five. <laughs> yeah, very very small. So that is true. Um, uh, you know, a, a a small person physically, but big in everything else. Um, as you know, also the third culture has been involved in helping um, different organizations, but also sporting organizations to become more inclusive. And there is always a lot of work to do in this area. Um, in terms of making all types of sports um, more inclusive for all people, including more inclusive for women, um, which is still an area um, that needs to kind of grow and change um, around the world. What I'd like to know, and I think our listeners would like to know, is can you tell me how you came to be a triathlete first? And what, what was your journey and why did triathlons appeal to you? So growing up, I, never, I would never describe myself as an athlete. Um, I was more of a dancer, like you said. So I did ballet for at least 10 years growing up. Yeah. Um, in my early 20s, as you know, I was just partying too much. Mm. And there came a point when I just really wanted a healthier lifestyle. Mm. Um, my brother, Noy, at that time, was... Uh, at that time when I was starting, he was already a famous triathlete. He held the Philippine Olympic triathlon record for at least 10 years. So he's pretty much known in triathlon. I've also started, I've seen it when it was starting as a sport. I was there because my uncle Jang raced as well in 1988, 1989. Oh, wow. So growing up, it was a huge part of our lives already, I guess. Yeah, so it's in your family. Yeah. And also growing up, I remember already doing a lot of mini races, swimming, well, not cycling, but running, Mm. just in our little compound with my cousins. Mm. So yeah, pretty much we're, um, I guess, an athletic family. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so jumping back, I was in my 20s, my brother was racing, still racing at the time. So I just said, okay, maybe I give it a try. So I started with a small race. I remember just training for two weeks before my very first race. And you know, I was still smoking then. Yeah. I just quit for, yeah, two weeks before the race. So yeah, that's how I started. And I guess at first, I was just too embarrassed to just be known as the sister of Noi. I didn't want to be Noi's little sister, the whole thing. So I worked really hard to, um, I guess, make a name of myself and really make it myself. Yeah, absolutely. That's really interesting. And it also interesting, I guess, the other people that you mentioned at that time anyway that kind of inspired you were not women right they were men in your lives yes even in triathlon there was just a handful of women when i joined yeah or when i at least when i started racing so obviously um in triathlons there are age groups right yeah so usually it's automatic i'm on the i was on the podium in all races it's like more unusual not to be on the podium yeah so 
I kind of saw the growth also. Yeah. Um, so before we pretty much knew each other. Yeah. Everyone, right? You it knew everyone small, in the circuit. Yeah, it was a small community. Yeah. So now it's much bigger. It's so much bigger. I mean, I. I've seen the growth, and I guess I was there as I saw the sport of not just triathlon. It was also the boom of running and cycling. Yeah. So, I just saw the growth, and it's it's amazing that now it's so mainstream. Yeah. Like before, you even had to explain what the triathlon was. Yeah. Or is to people. Yeah. When you see them. So now you know we're seeing that people kind of have an awareness in the Philippines, which Definitely. is which is really good. So I mean, when we take that into the global. Um, level, it seems to me that there is a lot of potential in terms of athletes from the Philippines. But when, you know, let's say if I'm back in the UK um, and you talk about Philippine sport, people will just automatically go to boxing. That's kind of what they know. Um, what do you think are the main issues with regard to kind of improving the visibility of Philippine athletes abroad um, or maybe even getting Filipino athletes to? A level that can be able to compete more globally. So I think a big issue is here in the Philippines. There's that um, you can easily be a big fish in a small pond. You yeah. Know what I mean, so um, I guess we have good homegrown talents, but there's some cultural things as well that come into play mm. such as let's say crab mentality favoritism things like that mm. which i mean happens everywhere yeah. else right um if you talk to usual if you talk to filipino athletes they'd first complain that there's not much support for instance but um i I don't necessarily agree that it's all about government support or whatever. Okay. Because there's a lot of um, mindset and really wanting to learn and really be the best you can be. And a big part of that is really training elsewhere. We don't have good infrastructure here yeah. I guess yeah. I mean in terms of facilities for yeah. sport so the ones that actually excel really train abroad okay that's really interesting and I'm, I'm in a way I'm sort of surprised at what you were saying about the government funding because that would be my first go to I'd be like yeah. well you know if you compare it to ooh, well here we are in the province with lots of dogs but <laughs> if you compare it to say the UK um, and uh, or in the U.S. where there are various ways of raising money. We have the National Lottery, for example. People um, from sports will get funding from that. Not all sports, of course. Only the, the ones that are popular, for example. There are still other sports that suffer. Um, but what I found really interesting is that you, you also point to something which perhaps is more important, which is the culture and the mindset. Um, and... Um, that is that is you know really interesting to me um, because it also leads to kind of my um, next question really which is as a woman um, who's been the first right of doing many things in your sport but you know the latest was the Arctic Marathon for example from the Philippines what do you think that can be done 
if you think there is a particular attitude, for example, of women being involved in sport to improve that in this country? I hope that I can, or I have contributed to at least inspiring other women that yeah. it can be done, that you can um, still be healthy at any age or, you know, it's not just being one-dimensional, that you're just in corporate, that there are other things you can enjoy and also excel Yeah. Um, at the same time. Yeah. And, yeah, triathlon running, these are good because you don't, you can start at any age, basically. Yeah. Obviously, there are um, benefits or more gains if you started early, but it's actually something you can build into. Yeah. So that's what I think that's also why it appealed to many yeah. and you would it's not uncommon for someone that wasn't an athlete his or her own life her whole life starts picking it up and yeah. really getting into it. Yeah. That's a really good point, you know, that I hadn't considered. I mean, I am nowhere near at the level you were, but having done triathletes myself, triathlons myself, um, it is actually quite inclusive in that sense because of the age groups and there are yes. lots of different races and stuff. There's I know people male, who, female. Yeah. I mean I've, I know people who've started at fifty yep. or even older. Um, and I think that is, yeah, that's an, an incredible opportunity. Also, there's something about the all-round health benefits, right? Because you're not, uh, there's not just one area in terms of the body that's getting an impact. Yep. You've got three different things. So there's that kind of overall health um, that isn't um, necessarily going to be as detrimental, say, if you were just a runner, for example, or just a marathon runner, perhaps. Yep. Um, but I think, you know, having the role model is a really good point as well and inspiration um, to people. Um, so yeah, all power to you for that too. Um, with some of the challenges that you faced, and we haven't really talked about what challenges you face, so feel free to tell me what you think they might be. Um, what do you think has helped you the most in terms of overcoming those challenges? So I guess start with that maybe and then tell us how you overcame them. I think people would be really interested because I guess success doesn't come just like that, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it comes with hard work and sometimes it comes with overcoming things as well. Um, as in, you're talking about as an athlete, right? Challenges as an athlete. Yeah. Because it's also different, the challenges you yeah. face as a person yeah. or, and know. And, well, I mean, I guess they, could, they could be together too sometimes, I guess. I mean, if there's a mental, yeah, there were mental things that could affect you maybe outside of, sport but they are affecting how you train for example but mm -hmm. I guess just from your heart what do you feel I guess um to begin with balancing everything because it the sport number one I'm not the professional athlete mm. right so you you have a job you have yeah. like a family I don't have kids or I'm not married so that's one thing off but I'm still a daughter I'm still a sister a cousin you know yeah so it's really um balancing your time and really making time to train and race you know it's a big commitment so i guess really committing to let's say just one race um everything else gets challenging if you can't even balance um put the if you can't put in the training right i mean it's one one thing to do something but actually 
doing something about it are two different things. Mm. It's so there's also the commitment to do well no matter what, I guess. Yeah. Which at that time I was very driven to do. So now I don't train also I don't train and race as much. Yeah. I just work out to yeah. keep fit. So now I'm I just have a lifelong commitment to keeping fit. Yeah. I guess. But um challenges especially here in the Philippines it's balancing time even mm-hmm. with the traffic yeah. and things like that so one of the things I did when I was um, heavily into triathlons was move away from the city yeah so I was living in Manila so I moved outside of Manila so logistics wise it's just easier yeah um we don't have very good roads and infrastructure right but mm. I guess it's also making do with what you have yeah. for instance right like obviously we don't have as nice roads as the ones abroad but um, you can train indoors you know there's there are several ways yeah. to do it um, for instance when I was training for the North Pole which was um, the marathon you said you mentioned yeah so I was training for it so the big the big challenge there is I can't train on ice and I was gonna race on ice so you know you just make do I practiced I imagine that okay so it's not gonna be even right the surface so I ran a lot on trails yeah even sand yeah and things like this so you just make do yeah yeah, I would have just, I mean, you know, I can't even walk on ice, never mind run. So I don't know how you manage that. But yeah, that's incredible. Um, and, you know, you mentioned um, earlier, you know, that you, your brother, or uncle were involved. But, you know, along the way, as you became more active in, in triathlons, did you find inspiration from other people at all? Oh, for sure. I had my own triathlon heroes, for instance, or just... Um, athletes yeah. that I looked up to in yeah. general. Yeah. Um, also, my partner then was a big inspiration yeah. as well. And I saw that because he was a pro triathlete. So a lot of his, I guess, work ethic in terms of sport rubbed off, yeah. I guess, on me. And I, I must admit that also helped a lot yeah. in my growth and really just... As I said, right, you sometimes need a different perspective. You can't just be a big fish in a small pond. And so that helped a lot too. Yeah, it's really good and interesting to hear that, um, you know, in terms of sport. Sometimes I guess it's easy to just assume that there's kind of one way to do things, uh, one way to have success, but that even in sport, as I help other organizations talk about diversity of thought, you know, Mm -hmm. different ways of doing things that actually that is also really helpful, you know, in driving kind of your own success. And um, and that's not something that I've heard before. So it's super interesting. And also, you know, it's a solitary sport, they say. Yeah. You basically just swim, bike, run on your own. And or you you're out there on your own. But really, it's also a team. It's also you attribute it to people around you people that support you and 
you know, don't make a drama if you don't make a lunch or a dinner because you had to race. Yeah. You, you sometimes miss birthdays or things like this, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I think, yeah, important to remember there's a team around you that's helping you to, to, to get there. Yeah. So now that kind of like the sort of major part of your triathlon sort of career is kind of not, you know, it's kind of over. What I, I know you're working on other sporting projects, so I'm kind of curious to hear a bit about what those are and why you do it. Why is it important to you? So sporting projects, I still coach, so I don't race. I'm not saying I will never race mm. again, but I don't race anymore mm. currently. Mm. But I still train people online because I live outside of Manila. Mm. So it's mostly online. I help people achieve their goals it, during their own time. You know, I, I give them personalized training and things like that. Sometimes I, it's all about, you know, still being in sport, contributing, helping out in your way. Yeah. It's not actually being there anymore. So helping other people also get hopefully the success that they had or it doesn't have to be the success that I had, but it success on their own, right? Yeah. Um, also, so we do organize events as well. So we do charity ride cycling. We I also help out in let's say Audax Philippines. So these are we do events that actually promote um, sport. Yeah. But yeah, more of a and in an organizer capacity now. Yeah. It's not anymore being yeah. out there racing. Right. How um how diverse are the group of people that you train, some of the people? Are they mostly women, men, or it's just a mix? It's a mix. Yeah. And they're all um non professional athletes. Yeah. yeah, it's great. It's great. Yeah. And um for our listeners, what's Odax? Odax is um it started in France. It's um, actually long distance, ultra distance cycling. Okay. So, yeah. So, um, order, so with, you know how there's like century rides, right? Or that's yeah. it's like the rides are 200 kilometers, 400 kilometers, okay. 300, 600. Yeah. I think so. And that's cycling has. As in, and ultra distance cycling has also increased in popularity here as well, right? Oh yeah, it's super popular all over now. Yeah, because um, cycling, as compared to running, it's less, I guess, lower impact. Yeah. Then you get you just get to places. You, it's very enjoyable. It's very social. Um, you just cover more distance cycling yeah. than just being on your feet. Right? Yeah, I guess also, I mean, if you if you can cycle well, who would not want to cycle across the Philippines? It's pretty it's pretty beautiful. Yes. We just don't have I always say this, the roads are yeah. not so They're nice. not as great as they could be. Yeah. Yeah, but but you cycle in other places as well, right? Yes, yeah. yes. So Thailand, I think. Yep. There's also odd access. I mean, it's a global. Yeah. But the events that you hold, you'll bring cyclists from here to other places as well. As well, yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, fantastic. 
So I wanted to ask you after all that and some of your successes, um, if you had to give advice to someone who was young and up and coming, who you know you really felt was going to be a great athlete, potentially a professional athlete, what would you give them? Some from the Philippines. Um, really, just start somewhere. Everyone starts somewhere. You just have to start. And advice, I guess, find your own path. Mm. Um, Don't be afraid of doing it your way, I guess. Yes, because don't let anyone say that, you know, you're too frail or Mm. you can't do something. Because a lot of times, um, you can do better than other guys, even, right? So, yeah, just, there are no limits, to be honest. Yeah. Find a good group, find your path, and, you know, um, it's great. I've learned a lot from sport. Um, And for someone, it doesn't have to be triathlon, but Mm -hmm. just, you just learn so much from it. Like, it's such a metaphor for life, mm. things you learn through sport. Yeah. And it's great. And to me, it has brought um, a sense of achievement, sense of fulfillment that, um, you know, you don't get elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So it's amazing. I mean, I would definitely recommend it to anyone. I mean, if I had a kid, I'd definitely let the kid try as many and find what he or she likes yes yeah and, you know it you don't even have to be a kid you can start at any age yeah i love how um you say you know just remember there are no limits and not to let anyone say you can't do something um i think that's that's really amazing so um thank you so much for your time today my pleasure. It's been super cool to ask you these questions. See, I knew I'd learn some new things from you um, and, and and just some insights into kind of how you've had success, you know, in this area and what are the things that really matter to you. And I wish you all the best in some of your other projects that are coming up. Hopefully we can have you back um, maybe, you know, next year or the year after to talk a little bit more about some of the other things you're doing. Um, yeah, really, really excited to have had you. Thanks so much. Thank you, Emily. My Cheers. pleasure. Thanks, everyone. The Third Culture offers group workshops, individual coaching and tailored solutions to help individuals and organizations navigate the complex space of diversity and inclusion. For more information, go to thethirdculture.space and hit the Get In Touch button. Wishing you peace till the next time.